I was like reading this book and I'm like, okay, so she's massacring thousands of people. If she becomes the empress, ain't nobody gonna be left to pay taxes. She gonna be poor. That was my whole logic of her killing people. Like, ain't nobody gonna be there to pay you taxes. Then what are you gonna do? <laughs> what job are you gonna get? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. They're all dead. Exactly. Welcome to the Novel Universe with Dawn and Ashley, book club buddies who love to read YA fiction. We'll discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and oh my gosh, we need to talk about this right now. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. And I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. So grab something sweet or salty and join our universe. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Novel Universe with your hostesses Ashley and Dawn. Today we are going to be discussing our last YA novel of the year, 2020. We are ending it with a big finale of Sabra Tahir's last book in the Ember and the Ashes series titled A Sky Beyond the Storm. As always, we will start this recording with our non-spoiler edition, and then we will let you know when you need to hop out because we're going to spoil some things for you towards the end. Yeah. All right. So let's get started. I'm like super excited to talk about this book. Okay. Don and I have not talked about this book yet, so yes, we're yes. both kind of like, Ooh. <laughs> um. All right. So what did you rate it? So I gave it a three seven five. Oh, oh sorry. Oh <laughs> so sorry. I know. I know. She knew she was gonna break my heart. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I gave this book a four point five. Wow. Okay. I did not have a lot that I did not like about this book. Um. Don has a I whole page of dislikes. Yep, so you will be listening to Don, and I'll probably be like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. That's fine. <laughs> um, all I really have to say, though, is, like, I'm really glad it took her as long as it did to finish the series out because I think that it was reflected in her work versus how book two felt like it was very rushed mm-hmm. and then there were some things in book three um that were like what where did that just come out of you know and so with this book overall I feel like it was a great way to at least end this series we got some closure on a lot of areas in my opinion like she really did a good job of at least summing everything together all yeah. of the things that she put us down I felt like everything had an ending. Now, I might not have agreed with some endings, but everything ended. Whereas some authors kind of leave you like, what? What was that? <laughs> so um, that was my first, you know, my first thoughts about this book. So, okay. Dawn. All right. Why don't you start us off on your dislikes? I have, I have one. <laughs> one little tiny dislike. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So these first ones did not affect my rating so I guess they would be considered nitpicks uh but my first dislike was I do not like that she introduced four new prophecies in this last book if I'm not mistaken these prophecies were not in the first three books right some of them were I think it was the end of the prophecy so it's like we we only got like bits and pieces of the prophecy given to us throughout each of the books 
And so like there was one last line of prophecy that Cain, I believe, gave to Elias. Okay. But the main prophecy where it was like, you, if one dies, you all die, that was not, I don't recall that. Anyway, Dawn loves a prophecy. Oh, yeah. So I mm-hmm. pay attention when a prophecy is written. And what I, my issue with that is it feels like, and I could be wrong, but, and there are several instances, and I will say throughout my dislike section, which might be a long while, but <laughs> it seems like because she introduced this these prophecies in last in the last book, whereas many authors will put it in the first book, it seems like her series wasn't planned out as thoroughly as it should have been. It mm-hmm. was like she was, oh, let's add in a new prophecy because I need my book to go this way. Whereas if she had the book planned out from the beginning, the series, then the prophecy should have been in the beginning of the series like Uh um, kiss of deception is at the very beginning the reader um uh there will come a darkness like all their prophecies even game of thrones it's in book one they're all in book one harry potter's i think the big prophecy was in like book four the order of the phoenix i think but Uh with the exception of but that's still in the middle like i just i didn't like that she introduced so many prophecies because now Uh she's just adding more story to an already big story so that was okay do I keep going or are you gonna jump in no you you can keep going because I mean yeah (laughs) I did I disagree I felt as though her uh with the prophecies I feel like it was like part of like retrieving the star so it was like we were given like these little pieces for a reason Uh like at different times there was only in my recollection there was only one part that I was like oh that's a new line of prophecy but I felt like it was a finishing piece for the prophecy because the rest of them were brought from the first book and in the second book and into the third book so I didn't feel that way but I could also be like you know it's been a while since I read book one (laughs) and book two and book three so I could have also missed that those were not uh new maybe I don't I don't remember but I could be wrong because my memory is not the best with this series um i don't remember Mm -hmm. much um well my next nitpick is remot was this a new character Mm -hmm. okay so i feel like this is a very pivotal character once again introduced in book four not mentioned in the previous books and she kind of had a deus ex machina moment where she gave leah another power to help her out at the end Mm -hmm. of the series like that should have been introduced early because now she has a way out miraculously has a way out now or i'm not gonna say specifically because it's a spoiler what her new Mm -hmm. magic is but and that's why i say once again i feel like the series isn't planned out and i know you can't authors can't always plan out their book like i know saba she wrote this book she didn't have a, a series deal when she finished this book because i went to lunch with her when she was debuting her book at ALA and she and her publisher was sitting at the table with us and she was like hey guys tell them we need a book too so I don't even think she had she didn't she wasn't even option to continue the series but it still feels like she she was kind of I'm not gonna say making it up as she goes along but I just feel like she was adding more stuff as the series went on 
<laughs> okay. I felt like sometimes the voices were very similar. So sometimes when I read books, I don't read the chapter heading. And I was reading the chapter and I would have to go back because I didn't know if it was Elias or Helene talking. They kind of seemed to have similar voices and I don't like that. I always kind of pick that out when that happens. Um, I didn't like the Commandant's motive at all. And I, this is, this is a really big nit, not a big nitpick, but this is a nitpick. So this happened several times in the book where a character was about to give vital information and something interrupted them. It happened like four times. And that is just like cheap tension. I don't like that, especially when it happens so many times because she's like holding back important information that would move her plot along. And it's frustrating for the reader because one of my big problems with the book is it's too long. It's like 50 pages too long. By 60%, I was kind of over it. Mm -hmm. And so when all the big stuff happened at the end, I didn't care. And it's unfortunate because those are big moments. I was just like... I was just flipping through pages like and when I start skipping pages stars stop they the stars drop and I was uh-huh. skipping whole pages of like detail and I would just like look for dialogue because I I, I stopped caring I just wanted the story to continue uh-huh. and that was gonna lead me into why I lowered my rating so you go ahead and give your nitpick yeah oh I'm so I'm so sad for no. you because yeah. I had like a completely different experience with this book where as you had said that like you felt like there was a couple of times where like, the characters had the same like tone of voice and I like did not get that whatsoever um which is but but it's interesting to me because like everybody reads books differently like yeah. you picked up on things that I was like well I really you know that didn't bother me that much Or I didn't think about it that way. My biggest thing that I have a nitpick about was the commandant's reasoning for her violence. I did not feel it was this big overarching thing. It was a very simple matter, which, mind you, I mean, we talked about this with, uh, like, Snow from songbirds and snakes we we had this out about like how does a villain become a villain like are they born that way does something tragic happen or is it like a mixture of both you know what are the um the catalysts that turn them into what they are and when we find out what happens to the common i was like that's it like i wasn't i was expecting more to happen from that and there were, it was very simple which at the same time, like, I don't know if she did it to sum up that character rather quickly because I felt like Karis, the commandant, was such a leading character in all of these books. And for her to have that one moment where it was like, oh, that's why you're the way that you are. I was a little bit disappointed because I was like, that's it. It's not it's not like it's it's a little thing either. It's just mm-hmm. a very simple thing. So that was the reason why I originally had this book at a five and I lowered my rating with that because I was like, that's it. Really? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's to some people, they might be like, okay, like I'm okay with that closure, but for how much like, like slaughter 
became of the commandant, how she just massacred all these people and so much hatred. You're just like, there's got to be an overarching thing that just keeps reoccurring versus one moment in her life that determined the whole course of her destiny. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was my biggest and only dislike of this book that I was like, oh, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why I lowered my rating, too. Because uh, the Commandant is a huge presence in the first book, and in the mm-hmm. s- not so much in the second book, but, but a the lot. Third. The third book, yeah. But, it, like, her character continues to decline as far as presence as the books go on. And my pro- my issue with that, I guess, is that I loved the Commandant as a villain in book one. The Commandant was one of my favorite villains in YA. She was a great mm-hmm. character. And she was never on the page in book two, in book three. And she showed up a couple times in this book. And it was like Subba decided that the Nightbringer is going to be the new villain. I don't give a shit about the Nightbringer. I like the Commandant because she was far more complex in book one. And we sympathize with her. Like, she had a great backstory in the first book mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. her ending was like really that's it i was very upset <laughs> i was too and usually i'm like oh they got him or whatever and i was like i feel like she deserved more of an encore she did am i mistaken you know what i mean like yeah. because she was a huge presence for me in the third book you know like when Lia goes to live in her uh oh my gosh what is it called where she goes to live there I forget what it's called I apologize you know and she meets the cook and like you know her her mom who's the the cook and she is you know on a secret mission and whatever and like we learn all about like the Nightbringer then like even more in detail and the commandant at the same time and it's like okay so now there's two villains but I feel like one got gypped yeah i agree um so i already mentioned that the book was too long but it was also like too repetitious like it was a lot of hype men i want to say were my that i mean you can do it you're a good person come on the people love you it was a lot of people giving affirmation and hyping them up constantly and it got annoying and then it was a lot of Elias having the same conversations with different people that I don't need to hear about. I know the Nightbringer's motive. I don't need to hear you tell it to five different people. And it's not moving the plot along. It's just him telling more people. I'm like, okay. And it was at about 60, like I said, it was about, about 60% where it started to go down for me. I, I was, I don't think I was ever going to give it higher than a four uh, because of my other reason why i lowered it is it's too i i personally think the story is too convoluted um and i started to feel that way in book three and this is once again why i say i think she was just kind of adding stuff as she was going along because there were so many new things happening starting in book three and into this book where we have new characters new major characters new um magical people and new powers and new people dying and that causes more issues and 
all of the war stuff and then this group of people is invading this group of people in this part of the country and it was just became so big I don't know when when a world is too big I don't know what the author wants me to focus on so then I focus on nothing and then by the time the next the next book comes out I have forgotten everything I didn't even remember that Livy had a baby that's a huge thing her oh. baby is the emperor it was mm-hmm. a movie. I don't remember any of that and it's like she has so much stuff crammed in here I I can't remember anything and that was mm-hmm. one of my biggest issues it's just it's it was just too much it wasn't confusing I never felt overwhelmed it was just oh I don't remember that oh I don't remember that however I can tell you practically everything that happens in Throne of Glass because the story was simple enough that I can remember important details from book to book. And I didn't read that book in one sitting. We read those books as they were coming out. And I remembered everything from the previous book, it, like important stuff, because mm-hmm. she kept her story and her world simple enough, but she enriched it with characters and relationships. Whereas this is just more war, more magic, more characters. It's like, oh my God, it's, it's just too much. And so that was mm-hmm. probably my biggest problem her world was just too big even for four books and 520 pages it was just more room for her to add more stuff mm-hmm. or maybe she felt like she owed it to her readers to kind of give them a big bang you know like here you go last hurrah it's all out there on the page um yeah. and i almost wonder because like there were some moments in book two in particular and then even leading into book three where I was like I feel like we're missing parts of the story like that there was a lot more supposed to be added at those times versus us getting all of it in the fourth book because as I was reading it I was having the adverse like reaction I was like oh well that makes sense okay give me more give me more because now like I'm I'm totally on page with you as to like where all these people came from Um, but I agree though, with your statement, with the throne of glass series, I could tell you everything that happens in each book, like individually, where I did have to go back for book three and do a freaking recap. Cause I was like, who are the, all these people again, you know, but then once I did, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you do have some, some good points with it. That's for sure. You know, there, there was a lot. And if you're not ready for it, and if you are like the rest of the world that has been waiting for this book to come out, yeah. you might have to do a bunch of recapping so you don't miss out. Because I'm glad I did or else I feel like I would have felt like you where I was like, I watched what? the video you sent me and it was helpful, but it, I was still like, this world is just is too big. It's just too big. And maybe, okay. you know, it's maybe it's not unfair to compare it to Throne of Glass that has eight books in the series and this is only four. You know, that's not fair either. But even still, between years that, you know, and I think it took Mass maybe a year between each book and this these books took her a little bit longer. If you were like us and you were waiting in between books, a lot of people would just binge the whole series when the last book came out. So they had that advantage and we didn't. I forgot chunks of information. Mm-hmm. Um, my last thing, and once again, this also lowered it, was, and this kind of goes along with what you were saying with the Commandant, I felt the same thing about the Nightbringer, that his motive was something I've heard before. It was very familiar. And I know mm-hmm. that 
plots are recycled and themes are recycled and characters are recycled. I know that. But then it's up to the author to kind of make their book stand out. And even though she has Jens and Ifrits and I'm probably saying that wrong, rates and all that stuff, which is cool <laughs> because we don't really see that a lot in YA, it still wasn't enough to make her book special. I feel like I've read this story several times already. The Nightbringer, I've read him several times. And when I have read the same story in a different book, it, I tend to dislike it. That's why I like the fifth season so much is because I've never read that world before. I've never read those characters before. And so that makes it special. Whereas this one, I've read this already. I've seen this on TV already. It's like, oh, and that that ending bit, man, with the Nightbringer, I was just like, once again, really? That's it? That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's no, all I my get dislikes. you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I I honestly did not want to read this book. I was like, on Thursday, I was like, God, why did I agree to read this book? Because I had a bad <laughs> feeling that I wasn't going to really like it. Um, it's not that oh, I no. didn't like it. I just didn't love it as much as I would have loved to because I really did love the first book and it just oh I was I was dreading mm-hmm. reading this book I pushed I'm it off as so far sorry. as I possibly could because I just knew this was gonna happen <laughs> that's all which is so like. sad it's oh. so sad that it that it did that to you um but I feel like we you just don't know you know my thing was that I wanted to see how it ended. I was like, I have put way too much time and energy into this series. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see how this ends. Well, are we ready to move on to likes? Yep. Do you have any likes? Yeah, I have likes. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't give it a one, so you have <laughs> some likes. <laughs> I have likes. Um, okay, so my one of my biggest likes with this book was that I, which counters one of your dislikes, is that I really enjoyed the fact that Saba did expand her world and her characters the way that she did because my brain works better that way. I'm, I'm, you know, the fantasy architect here. Like, I love worlds. Give it to me. Give, give me all of the new stuff. Like, it, it hypes me up. I'm all excited about it. Um, and my biggest thing that I liked was the fact that there was a lot of attention to secondary characters that have followed us through this whole series. Um, and I enjoyed that. It wasn't just Elias, Leia, Helene, and the Nightbringer story. I, I enjoyed the fact that we got to see Darren and Musa and Taz and Harper and Dex and Kane and like all of these other people that have kind of followed us through the story. Oh, and Nicola and Livia and all of them. That much I really did like. That it wasn't just like, here's more characters and you get no information about them. Okay. Because we've had that happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the new characters that I liked a lot, I had, once again, I forgot I forgot about Musa in book three. I don't even remember him at all in the book. And this is what I'm talking about. It's so much. It's just mm-hmm. I don't remember major characters like this from book to book. And I don't think that should happen. But I did like Musa. I did like his... Is it wraiths or weights? I don't weights. Wraiths. They're wraiths. Wraiths. I like their little communication with the race. I thought that was really cool. Um, and my favorite is still Helene and uh, Harper. I really like Helene. She's always been my favorite since book two. 
Actually, I like term book one, too. I've never been a fan of Leia. Leia, I think she was better in this book, but I've never been a big fan of her at all. And I've always really liked Helene. So when it was her chapters, I really was like, oh, yay, it's Helene's turn. Um, I liked her story. She's a great character. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish she was the... I mean, she was... I don't know. I kind of wish she was more of the focus. I, obviously, Leia is the focus, but I thought Helene was better written. And that's okay. I actually fell way more in love with Helene in this book because I had an issue with her in the first book. So I was like, no, you cannot, you, you cannot have Elias. I wanted her I'm with Elias. Like, are together. No, you cannot have her. Like I was totally like against it. And I started to have some emotional connection to Helene in the third book. And then in this book, I really just felt like, oh my gosh, this girl believes, she believes and is broken for this stupid empire and no one cares. No (laughs) one cares that she's bleeding and broken all over the place. I'm like, can you just give her a moment of happiness? Like, and let her continue to have that happiness. Like, I wanted that for her so much. And even, you know, has how her story ends I'm just like oh but I want more for you I want more for you you should have everything exactly I agree um you know so that part I really I really enjoyed her and Harper's relationship I enjoyed what it brought out in the both of them and the fact that we were even given that I really enjoyed that part I'm not gonna say too much because of spoilers yes um and Laya in this book, she was not annoying to me. My first thing that I wrote down, I was like, good for you, girl. Do not be weeping over the boy that has sold his soul to the to the moth. You know, like he is soul catcher. He is dead. He is no longer a part of your life. You cannot hold on to him. You don't need him. Like the only time she stops and she stays is because she needs him to move her so she can get to another spot to, to stop this war. Yeah. And I heavily applauded that because so many times you know authors will write these big hero are like heroine characters and they're so hung up on a guy and like that's like their whole thing and she was like no like I have promised to do this I know what my calling is like I'm gonna do it whether you are here or not if I have to play dirty I'll play dirty like like go go ahead girl do it do it because there were moments where I was like please don't please don't put them you know together right now it's not right please don't and like Dawn knows me I'm not usually that type of person but I was like do it you're so strong come on don't do it yeah (laughs) um so I did appreciate that I felt like she at least finished Laya well yes I hated I didn't in book one, she was not my favorite. Book two, I hated her a lot. Book three, I was like, ah, oh, she's getting better. And I think she was less of a dummy in this one. Like, she was a dumb ass in the first two books. <laughs> oh, my God. And I liked her a lot in this one. She was not a damsel. Yes, she got captured multiple times. But sometimes she got herself out of her own jam. I was like, Yay. And I also like mm-hmm. that even though she knew that Elias was like, fine, I'm the soul catcher, whatever. She was like, 
I love you. I'm in love with you. And I'm going to tell you. Now, I don't care if you don't want to hear it. I don't care if it's uncomfortable for you. I'm going to tell you. It doesn't mean that I'm going to stop my life for you, but I'm still going to tell you. And I liked, I really liked that she kept saying, I love you. I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. And he was just like, okay. <laughs> I am soul catcher. No, you're Elias. Yeah. You know, and then that whole moment where all of a sudden he's like, you know, a little bit of him is finally coming back to the surface he's like no i'm elias to you when she addresses him as soul catcher and i was like that's right that's right that's okay i am okay with what's happening right now um what's uh another like of yours um i think that and this has always been the case since book one Sabo is a good writer even from the first page i was like okay here we go uh this was a upper level writing as far as ya is concerned especially why mm-hmm. fantasy can be uh, tough for authors to ha- write well. She can write a good world. It's a little bit too much, but she writes a good world. Um, she has interesting ideas. The words on the page are beautiful. Of course, I'm going to read the next thing by her, but I did enjoy her writing. The pacing mm-hmm. issues, but the actual writing I really did like. Yeah, no, I agree with you there because I was like, I was immediately sucked right into this book, which I have not gotten a lot of this year. And it's been really disappointing. You and I have talked about this with our YA experiences lately. We're just like, it's just not good. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm getting sucked into book one and then book two is awful. Like, and what are you doing to me? Like, why would, you know, we've had some authors that we've had to say, I'm never reading your books again because You've just gone downhill, and I was really hoping that this time I was like, please, please don't be another, like, dud. Like, please, don't do this to me. 2020 already sucks as it is. Like, do me some good. Um, So I just, I applaud the fact that it, to me, this book made sense. I loved how things were wrapped up. I loved how the story was told. Yes, there are some pacing issues, but hey, you know what? I'll take what I can get because at least I was like sucked into it. I haven't spent multiple hours just sitting in one spot to soak in a book in a very long time. I think the last time it happened was when we were reading the Bromance Book Club. Yeah. Where I was like, oh dear God, I'm eating this whole book up. You know, like just wanting to know what happens and that happened with this book. So I applaud her for that, that she's still able to suck everybody back into her world as, uh, you know, complex as it is. She still has the ability to at least pull us in to the journey. Agreed. So, yeah. And how did you feel about, well, I had one more thing that I liked about this book. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed Elias. And I will say this because I feel like there could have been a moment in this book where, you know, Elias has sold his soul to Moth. You know, he's going to be the soul catcher. Like, he is no longer alive. He has, well, he's still alive but human. But anyway, um, he's stuck there until the next person comes around. I liked the fact that Elias was first and foremost to his duty like he was Mm -hmm. always like this is my job whether I like it or not this is what 
I have accepted to be my present and what I'm going to do. And I'm going to honor that and I'm going to continue to do it well, even though his whole entire life has been planned out for him um, since the day he was born he still continues with, nope, this is my path and I'm going to stick to it. And I appreciated that because I feel like there could have been an early cop-out with Elias's soul-catching business and that didn't happen. And I I did enjoy that. Yeah. So. I agree. But yeah, that's all I have for our non-spoilers. Do you have any more? Um, do you want to talk about themes in this one? I think we should. We don't, sure. we don't have to go like go deep in the spoilers. I only really yeah. picked out two major themes. There was probably more, but um, and this is a quote from the book: "All the murdering, the smashing, and the forgetting." Uh, that seemed to be kind of an overall theme of war, and you shouldn't be a killer and forget all the people that you kill because then that turns you into the commandant. Um, Mm -hmm. even though you are a soldier and your job is to kill people, you still should value their life and hope that they do the same for you. So Mm -hmm. that's all I'll say because there's, there's spoilers associated with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. That was definitely one of them was, it was like there, what was the, what was the other one? Um, I think you could say another one of the themes is repentance and what that actually looks like. Like just because I did something bad before doesn't mean that that defines who I am continuing forward. Mm -hmm. There is this whole point that like I can still do good in the world, even though I've done bad things, but I can change to be good. Um, And because that was definitely played out in a lot of the characters. I was like, oh, okay, like I get it. Like. And at least that wasn't, like, all over the place. Where I was like, what? What is the theme here? You know, what are we trying to go for? Um, so I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. The other theme I picked out was suffering. And, I'm, I mean, Leah says this at the very end. I know we say, we call her Laia, Leia, Lalila. I don't know how to say that girl's mm-hmm. name. <laughs> Laia. Uh, I think it's Laia, but. Laia. I get on Audible, it was Laya. Laya? Okay. It was Laya. Because on Kiss of Deception, isn't her name Laya too? Leah? Lilia? I don't know. So I always get the mix up. Laya. Uh, suffering. At the very end, uh, Laya says, basically, what we choose to do with our hurt is what's important. Um, once again, mm-hmm. spoilers, not going to really go into it, but there's a lot of people suffering in this book. And but the way of dealing with it is what's important. So mm-hmm. and you you will you see that as the book progresses. One hundred percent. Yep. That's all I have. That is spoiler free. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to start the spoiler edition in five, four, three. Two, one. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, should we talk about the big elephants in the room? Yeah. Okay. So I have to admit, you guys, I cried at least three times. Wow. Which is why I gave this book the rating that I did. Because it inflicted so much emotion, I did not realize that I was going to be that heartbroken about things. 
Saba does not have any mercy <laughs> towards any of her characters. They are all up for grabs, every single one of them. And when you think things are going to go straight in your lane, you're like, why? Why are you being so vicious to me? Um, but the first one I want to talk about is Livia. Oh, my gosh. I was so distraught with the fact that, you know, Livia has gone through so much with being, uh, she bore Marcus's son, Zacharias, and now she's running an emperor that she wants nothing to do with. She wants to just raise her son out in the wild, like, and not be a part of any of it because she's like, this is no place for him. He needs to be able to have friends and not be surrounded by guards all the time and in hiding, you know, and Livia is the only living relative that Helene has left. It's her last lifeline to this earth. And we see her get massacred by none other than the commandant. And she, first of all, the commandant throws Zacharias across the room. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. And then just kills her right then and there. And I was like, I can't watch this I was so heartbroken for Helene because I was like no she deserves to have someone left I mean her mother and father are dead her other sister is dead like come on this poor girl yeah at some point so Livy I was shocked that Livy died Harper I was not and by that point I was just angry because there was no point for Harper to die. Livy, yeah. No. I think Livy, the whole point of her dying was to give her, to give Helene more of a push she needed to get the commandant. So I can understand the Livy. Did I like it? No. But Harper's death was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. And I hate it when authors do this, where they leave the main character with no one. This is the second time I've read this and I didn't like it. And we can talk about I'm not going to say which book it is because spoiler if you guys haven't read it. But um, I'm going to hold the book up to Ashley so she can see what I'm talking about. Can you see the back of my read? My, <laughs> have you finished that series? No. Which one? Which one are you looking at? I can't see. <laughs> you finished. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I fucking hated all of that. It made me so angry. Even though I was sobbing my eyes out, it made me very angry. And with this one, I knew it was going to happen, so I didn't cry. It just made me It just made me upset. There was no point See, in killing him. Like, oh, I was, so, I was so upset about Harper because Helene's gift is healing. It's in her song. Please tell me why her song saved no one. In this book. I don't know. Her song saved no one. Did she even try? She did. But he was like literally like gone. Like she had no time. She it even said that like his song was on her lips. And if she started to sing, he was already gone. Like there was no way to retrieve him. Um, And at that moment, I was I was like sad, angry because I'm like, he did not have to die give this woman something to hold on to in this life she has sacrificed so much like i was even upset with the vow um that she makes to the people when she becomes empress like yes she very well darn well should be the empress like she has done everything 
and lost everything for this country, and she still could not get a bit of happiness. Who is she left with? Her brother, who is uh, whose dad was horrid to her. You know, or not her brother. Oh my gosh, her her, <laughs> her her nephew. You know, like she's left with him. And he is a memory of a horrible man and her sister mixed into one. And she's also left with Musa, who has also suffered so much for this emperor or not emperor empire. Um, And it's just like, I get the whole point that the theme was suffering in this book. It was one of them. Like we talked about, Um, I was like, she should have had, Harper, like she should have had some what of an of a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Why take that away from her? You know, I was actually not expecting Elias and Laya to get back together, like in human form. I did. I was, I was half expecting them to um, like figure out a way, like they've made a deal with um, Moth, and um, because she has their. Remont's power or whatever within her that she's able to go and visit Elias and like they still can remember their love for each other and still be in love with each other but they can never be together like you know I was just I was so upset for Helene that I was like it did not have to happen yeah and I feel like I feel like with I think it was Ferris that's his name right Ferris Ferris's death was even important because it made her it showed her that people would die for her you know that's important to be the emperor the empress or emperor whatever you want to call it uh that people are willing to lay their life down for you he loves her unconditionally and it gave her the the oomph to just keep fighting and that death mm-hmm. was awful i still didn't cry but man was that hard I was, and i don't even fucking remember ferris but just because she loved him i was like no i can you uh-huh. know what it reminded me of oh you don't watch game of thrones dang it okay i'm not gonna say but there's a scene in game of thrones where it's like oh god no and just reminded me of that so yeah i just it re- ferris's death reminded me of Gavril's death in the Throne of Glass series where he just goes out and is like I'm gonna hold the wall yeah (laughs) no there's another there's a scene like that in Game of Thrones in episode 3 season 8 where Arya gets saved by somebody I'm like oh god no (laughs) 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 but that that was so Ferris for me was you know Gavril from the Throne of Glass series I was like oh god why you know and this was at the beginning of the book people are dying from her i'm like what what are you just plagued with death like well she's that's a sign of her prophecy hello plagued by or will pay the beth the blood tithe that was her prophecy is that she would pay the blood tithe okay well she has she has literally lost everyone all of it yeah, she so didn't have I a happy get, ending. At the end, she was just like, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. Raising my, my, my nephew. Fuck you guys. Musa, let's hang out. I was like, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my brain was like, well, you and this, like, middle-aged man are going to, like, 
you know, just be a thing on the side because y'all understand each other. Pretty much. Is- that's that's what I'm going to take away. She gets a little booty from the beekeeper on the side, uh- and I'm okay with that. And he <laughs> was okay with it, too. I'm not okay with he it, like- but I'm going to have to be. He was like, it's you and me, girl. It's yep. fine. We'll just... You don't want me to leave. It's cool. <laughs> But that scene um, where Harper takes her down into, like, I want to just call it, like, a catacomb area of, you know, the palace that they're staying in. And he just, like, lets her scream and break things as she's just losing her mind because she's supposed to, you know, she's a butt strike. She has no emotion. She is just literally bred to kill everybody that she has to for the sake of the empire. And for the emperor. Um, And Harper made her realize what it was like to have emotion and that it's okay to love. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to let it all out. Like you're not made of stone, even though like there were so many times where I was like, this girl is going to bleed out on the battlefield. She is just, I don't know how she was hanging together with how many uh, battles they were in. Mm -hmm. (sighs) But I just... I was so sad for her. I was so I was angry about Harper. I was crying because I was angry. I was like, yeah. "No, Harper, Harper." You know, but at the same time, like it's good storytelling. It's evoked emotion in me. I'm angry about it. I'm sad. I don't think it's good storytelling. I think it's so <laughs> shitty. I didn't like that at all. At all. And I pined for um, Darren to die. I knew that Darren was going to die. I still cried. I was upset that he died because he's also um, Laya's last lifeline to the the world. And he goes up to save her. And I'm like, how come all these people are, like, going to save our main characters? And they're all dying. They're all dying. Every single one of them. Their necks have been broken and dead. Darren, he was pointless from go. Like, his whole character was only there to die. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get invested in that guy. It was, just like, no. But see, I knew that Darren would die. Well, I was I like, there's no way die. that he is going to live. But Harper, mm-mm. You didn't have to do that to me. You did I not have to. I she was going to kill him. When, when she said, let me, let war claim me first, and he, I was like, oh, well, he's a goner. Don't get attached. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, and I just, I, I really liked that, um, that part where they kept bringing back in the, uh, loyal to the end, you know, may death claim me first, always victorious. Like these themes are like all, not themes, but quotes were done throughout each of the books. Um, and I really did like that. I, how did you feel about Mammy, the, Kahani, the storyteller lady, yeah. taking Zacharias as her like son to raise him. Oh, girl, I was checked out by then. I don't even remember that happening. Uh, I guess oh. wasn't didn't Mamie raise Elias? Wasn't she did. Okay, yeah, she did. Yeah, so yeah. You know, and that was, like, the joke of it because Helene was like, are you sure? And she goes, well, I have raised some boys in my time, and they turn out okay. Like, (laughs) as a joke to her that she could do it. I liked that because 
um, I felt like it symbolized the fact that like now the scholars and the, the Marners are like coming together for once and, and the tribes people, they're all unifying. There's no more death of just one particular band of people. You know, it's now signifying this is going to be the change. Yes, he is going to be the future emperor. He should probably live with people that he has no idea their ways. Um, so that part I really did like. Um, how did you feel? Okay, so I wrote about Cain, the agar, um, and I was like, how is this broad still alive? <laughs> I thought he was dead, and I wrote, he's still hanging on. <laughs> I didn't even remember who that was. I was like, who the hell is Kane? And I had to go look at the wiki. And I was like, oh, that guy. Whatever. I didn't care. I didn't care about him. Sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, oh, my next line is the lioness. <sighs> Lion's mom. What this the this hell? bat does not want to die. That's where I, I was, was like, just like, you got to be freaking kidding me with this. Oh my god, no. I, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Just more crap. Just more crap coming in. Well, and it's like we've we've grieved the loss of Laya's mother twice now. Mm-hmm. And this broad still don't want to die. She's still alive. I'm like, oh hey, homegirl, where you been? We needed you. We needed you, and you've been just, like, hiding out so no one could see you because your grand plan was to take out the commandant. That was her whole purpose, you know? And then the part where she's, like, floating in the waiting place, you know, hiding so, you know, Karis doesn't know about her. Elias doesn't know about her. The only one that knows about her is uh, Karis's mom, who's, like, crazy, you know, who's still hanging on to death. Um. But at that point in time, I was like, why, you know, like the Laya's mother was supposed to signify, you know, she's the mother to all, right? Like she has um, loved and cared for each and every one of them um, to an extent. Um, And she's done bad things in order to have good things happen, you know, and she's like, don't blame my daughter. Just give me that boy, the soul catcher. He doesn't need to be in the soul catcher. I'm done. I'm done living now. I've done everything I needed to do. And I was like, I was okay with that part. The fact that Elias got an easy ticket out of being soul catcher and he got to actually live his life for once and choose what he wanted to do because his life's been planned out for him his whole entire life. Um, but I didn't see it being uh, Laya's mom. Well, no, like, nobody saw that because she just brought her back for for that. Just popped her back in for that one purpose. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I uh, I was like, well, what was the? It was just a matter of because. <sighs> I, I didn't even I couldn't even comprehend it. I'm like, does she have like a uh, like has she sworn a blood oath that she is gonna kill the commandant and only her and her alone is able to do it? Like because of all of these things before, because the commandant killed her family, like some you know old blood feud, I guess is what that would be called. But yeah, where are some of your thoughts? Um. Well, let me look at my notes here. 
Uh, what I was saying about the themes, especially the suffering, no. The murdering and the smashing and the forgetting was just at the very mm-hmm. end. Is that one? Oh, yeah. Um, there were some good moments with Leia and when she, a- well, she didn't accidentally kill the djinn, but she killed one of the Nightbringer's djinns. Pe- that was really sad. Oh yeah. It's like, oof, that was that was that was sad. Um, but then the suffering theme where at the very end Helene was very close to becoming the commandant. She was just like, kill all the djinn and get killer and then it just would have kept the war going. And Laya and Elias were like, No, we can't do that. We have to forgive. And we can't let our suffering define the rest of our life like the Commandant did and the Nightbringer did. And that's where um, I think the theme kind of played out really well is because Helene made a choice and she was very close to becoming the Commandant and she didn't. So I did like how that theme kind of like summed up really nicely. If anything summed up nicely at the end, it was that. I did like that because I I expected all of this bloodshed to happen. You know, because they've been waiting for so long to take out the Nightbringer and to get the djinn back to where they need to be. And you need to be ushering the ghosts into the waiting place. And, you know, the balance is now off. And that moment where it was like, you know, no, I'm not going to kill anymore. I'm going to ask you to be a bigger person. I'm going to ask you to remember what's happening here, that we don't have to be this way. And I was like, Oh, all right, Elias. All right. You know, and Elias was bred for becoming the next strike. Like he was supposed to be the next blood strike. And he's the one saying, y'all, we need a T.O. T.O. guys. <laughs> well, he didn't want to be a soldier anyway. Like he was trying to find ways to escape the entire time of book one. So, mm-hmm. which made sense in his character. Yeah, but he still was killing just because that's in his blood yeah to just kill um and it was in laya's blood too i mean she's had so many people taken away from her yet again and she's like enough is enough if i have to kill him i will you know and even in that ending moment i was glad that there was another hidden agenda for that like you know the the sheath wasn't the way that the nightbringer died it was actually his release you know to becoming this uh super revengeful being that's like screw you all like i have i'm no longer the beloved i am no longer wanting to love anyone i'm just gonna create chaos because i have had enough you know and the whole point of the jing queen the remont is that how you say her name that's how i've been saying it. um you know, and her her name meaning mercy and what that means to encapsulate someone who is losing it, um, to give them the gift of mercy that it's it's okay. Like you can feel this way, but let me let me take you and let me not have you uh turn over completely to chaos and losing it then it's okay. I understand. And I'm here. You know, I did like that part. Cause I was like, okay, like it wasn't Maya, even at the end that killed him, 
you know, there was still this whole like other step. Um, so yeah, but I just, I still cannot get over Harper's death. It's still going to be like, I'm so angry about it. I'm so angry about it, Dawn. You're preaching, but yeah, you're preaching to the choir with that one. I, and this is what I was talking about in my dislike section about the, the Nightbringer and his whole motive. That whole, I hate everybody. I'm just going to eradicate the whole world. I've seen that so many times in books. And I, and when that was his motive, I was like, that's why I was like, really, this is what we're doing. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't like I didn't like it and I mean this guy has been fighting this war for thousands of years and then Leah finally just says hey I've suffered too you don't see me act like an asshole and he's like okay oh come on really that's it I mean I know uh-huh. she's been working on him and working him and working him for a while but even at the very end he kills Darren and then finally he gets a clue I was just like okay and that that was it for me between Harper and the Nightbringer and that BS. I was just like, I three seven five. I just I can't. <laughs> Overall, <laughs> Overall. I'm actually glad that Laya's new uh, role is to become the keeper of stories um, and what that looks like. I really am glad that at the end that she did forgive the Nightbringer for all of the pain and the sorrow that has come with loving him. Um, I actually did like the fact that she loved him because I feel like, you know, it's, it just shows that everyone is capable of that. We're all capable of loving. We're all capable of also making mistakes and then forgiving. Like, this is all a cycle that we as humans are able to do. And I liked that her promise to him was that I will remember your story and I will tell it as though it should be told, not as you being painted this bad guy because he wasn't originally this bad guy. So his daddy did him wrong, you know, and he decided, well, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to take you out and I'm going to do whatever I have to do, no matter what, you know, um, and I agree with what you said. I was glad that Laya actually felt sorrow for killing one of the djinn because I'm like, well, there's still humanity in her. She's mm-hmm. not completely taken over by this need for revenge and death and destruction. Whereas Karis, unfortunately, had succumbed to that mm-hmm. with hers. You know, and I was upset about that because I'm like, okay, like, yes, her mom was like tortured and butchered in front of her, basically, and her people. Um, but I still am like, okay, so what else drove her crazy, wild need for, for blood rage? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, well, I guess her lover was killed in front of her too. Harper's dad and mm -hmm. Elias' dad, I guess that too. But still, I was like reading this book and I'm like, okay, so she's massacring thousands of people. If she becomes the empress, ain't nobody going to be left to pay taxes. She going to be poor. That was my whole logic of her killing people. Like, ain't nobody going to be there to pay you taxes. Then what are you going to (laughs) do? What job are you going to (laughs) get? Nothing. They're all dead. Exactly. Well, we totally appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. 
Um, if you guys have any suggestions for the novel universe for the year 2021, we would love to hear that. Please comment below in our comment section. Yeah. Rate and review yeah. us, follow us. And if you haven't started following us, please follow us on the novel pod on Instagram. And we'll catch you in the next podcast. Wait a minute. It's the Novel Universe Pod. Novel Universe Pod? One of those. It's one of them. It's one of them. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.